Hey Prodigal, welcome to week five of our series, In Sync. If you don't know me, I'm Addison and I'm the youth pastor. Prodigal Youth had an amazing 2023. We not only went to a bunch of awesome places, but it was so cool watching this group take ownership of their faith by loving not only our church, but also the community. We got something new coming up for high schoolers and high schoolers only. Lock in the first Sunday of every month. We're gonna get together to talk about sermons, the Bible, and that crazy thing called life in high school. For more information, reach out to me or any of the staff members. Baptism Sunday is coming up. These are some of the best Sundays here at Prodigal. If you'd like to be baptized or like more information about baptism, go ahead and reach out to anyone on our staff. They'd love to talk to you about it. Our second annual Love the World auction is coming up Friday, March 1st. Through this event, we get to raise money for specific needs for our partners in Malawi, Africa, and to fund ministry opportunities here locally. If you would like to donate to our silent auction, dessert auction, or raffle, we have flyers in the lobby. We also have support letters, so take them to any business who might like to partner with us. Ticket sales to the event are live on our website, so grab some tickets, buy a table, or sponsor the event. We can't wait to share this night with you. You can keep up with everything on our calendar through the Prodigal Church app, so make sure you have it downloaded. If you want to give to Prodigal, you can do so on the app, website, or in the lobby. We're grateful for your partnership. Everything we're doing is because of you. Thanks for joining us today for week five of In Sync. We hope you have an amazing Sunday. I've had the rest of you, now I want the best of you. It's time to show and tell. Cause I want it all, or nothing at all. Many of you know that I was a youth pastor for 11 years and those were some fun times. And we did some crazy things to reach out to the youth, to connect to the youth in our city. And we actually have a clip of an old boy band video that we used to reach out to the youth, I think like 16 years ago. Check it out. Where was my to promote some kind of sermon series about dating, I think. And boy bands, they were really popular back then. Paul says that I became all things to all people that I might save some. And so we became a boy band to save teenagers. We were gonna do whatever it takes. I love that Sarah made a special guest appearance in that video. And the dude with like the fan and the hose, he's a pharmacist now. That guy is now filling your prescriptions at the neighborhood Walgreens. We have started out this year trying to be in sync with God's spirit. And we've done this by looking at the scriptures and glancing at boy bands. Uh, it's been a fun sermon series and our theme verse is Galatians 5, 24 through 26. Perhaps you haven't memorized, 
Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. This morning for the finale of our InSync sermon series, we'll explore love over law. Each year, the Michigan Lawsuit Abuse Watch sponsors a wacky warning label contest. And the contest is meant to reveal how lawsuits and concerns about lawsuits have created a need for common sense warnings on products. Okay, here are a few of the past winners. A warning label on a scooter reads, this product moves when used. A wheelbarrow label said, not intended for highway use. Who's running down the highway with a wheelbarrow? Uh, the iPod Shuffle says, do not eat iPod Shuffle. Okay, what is wrong with people? A Chipotle semi-truck warns us, drivers do not carry burritos. Okay, I think that they're just kind of kidding with us. And then finally, there is a warning on a paper coffee cups that says, avoid pouring on crotch area. Okay. Okay, now these are ridiculous. And all of these lawsuits and warning labels to avoid lawsuits all of these rules of what to do and what not to do, it's crazy. And I think that many times in the church, we focus in on the rules. Do this, don't do that. That's okay, but if you do that, that's definitely not okay. But rules is never the best place to start. Focusing on rules may produce the right behavior, but it doesn't produce or transform us into the image of Christ. There are 613 commandments in the Old Testament scriptures. And when Paul or another New Testament author refers to the law, this is what he's referring to. He's referring to 613 commandments, rules in their Bible. Okay, they're found in the first five books of the Old Testament. They were the code of conduct. They were the rules to be obeyed. And in the time of Jesus, the law and the letter of the law had become primary for the Jewish people. But something new begins in Jesus. Look at Romans 7. For when we were in the realm of flesh, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in us, so that we bore the fruit for death. But now, by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law, so that we serve in the new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code. Sinful passions aroused by the law. That's what law-based living leads to. And in the same passage, Paul talks about how being told not to covet, which is the final of the Ten Commandments, simply made him want to covet all the more. Now there are some more examples, more modern days, of how law-based living fails to inspire the best in us. Like when you're standing in an elevator and you notice a sign on the wall that says, wet paint, do not touch. What do you immediately want to do? Touch it. When daycare centers begin to levy fines on parents for being late to pick up their kids, the share of parents who were late increased. When an 18-month-old toddler sees an adult drop something, they will move to pick it up and then hand it back within a few seconds. 
If you repeat the experiment, but you reward the baby, their tendency toward spontaneous kindness will decrease. The Boston Fire Department had a long-standing policy of unlimited sick days that firefighters took on the honor system. When the department imposed a limit on sick days per year, after which they were docked pay, guess what happened the following year? You're catching the pattern. The number of firefighters who called in sick for holidays like Christmas increased tenfold. All of these are examples that highlight one thing, do's and don'ts, musts and mustn'ts, with the accompanying rewards and punishments, don't make us want to behave better. It seems that the way of law diminishes our moral motivation to a contractual agreement with systems rather than to elevate us to attentiveness to people. Take driving, for example. If the posted speed limit is 55 miles per hour, you can get away with going 57, right? Not that big of a deal. That is law-based living, rule-based. But am I, if I am other-centered instead of self-centered, when I'm focused in on my children in my car and the safety of my neighbors, my driving mind isn't focused on how fast I could go, but rather how fast I should go. What is safest, not what is fastest. Love gets you thinking in ways that law never can. And the new covenant lifts the law, creating space for love to lead. You know that we're talking about more than changes in our driving patterns. In the first century Israel, lifting the law meant the undoing of religion. And that kind of teaching could get a guy killed. And it does. We see in Jesus over and over again, love over law. He heals on the Sabbath, clear violation of the law. He works on the Sabbath. He calls himself Lord of the Sabbath. The Sabbath is one of the Ten Commandments and Jesus breaks it repeatedly. And Jesus again and again breaks the rules in the name of love. As a parent, I try really hard to get my kids to obey the rules. My daughter Ivy, she's in kindergarten and she's just now learning how to read. And I'm picturing a day when Ivy starts reading the gospels or learning the stories of Jesus in church. And she'll ask me, dad, why is Jesus the hero of the story? And he's the one who's always breaking all the rules and getting into trouble. Now I've got to find a way to explain to her that love must overcome law. And so I'm looking forward to giving her uh, this example. All right, baby girl, suppose you get a wonderful new dress for an upcoming wedding. And because you liked it so much, you asked me if you could wear it to school one day. And so the next day you put it on. And I said, okay, you can wear it, you can wear it, but only if you follow this one simple rule, you must not get your dress dirty. That would mean that you would have to, you know, sit out from playing any sports at recess, and you would have to be extra careful in class. Would that be a fair rule? And she would say, yes, Dad. And that if you set out for school the next day with your new dress on, 
and you were to come across a friend who fell on their bike in a mud puddle and is crying, what should you do? Well, I should help her, I hope my daughter will say. And I would say, yeah, dad is happy to hear that answer, and I completely agree. But let me remind you that in all likelihood, you would get your dress completely dirty. I hope she would say, that doesn't matter as much. Helping a friend is more important. Then I'd say, oh, are you sure? What about the rule? What do you think my reaction would be if you came home with all your dress all dirty from head to toe? And she would say, you would be proud of me for doing the right thing. And then I'd explain that in Jesus' day, many religious teachers focused on keeping the dresses clean. And Ivy would object and say that they probably didn't wear dresses back then. I would say that's not the point, sis. The religious leaders of Jesus' day focused on obeying the rules and often forgot that love came first. Jesus came to recalibrate the whole system. Rather than give us new rules, Jesus took the principles embedded within the rules and wrapped them in a human life. So the entire life of Jesus and his teachings and his example becomes God's word to us. So why were we given the law if it just made us worse? Made us have more law abiding, but less love abiding. Galatians 3. Why then was the law given at all? It was added because of transgressions until the seed to whom the promise referred had come. Verse 22. But scripture has locked up everything under the control of sin, so that what was promised, being given through faith in Jesus Christ, might be given to those who believe. Before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came, that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. Galatians 5 says the law was our guardian. Other translations use tutor or schoolmaster. The Greek word is pedagogos. And it was the guardian or a guide for boys, a, a schoolmaster, a tutor, a nanny. Among the Greeks and the Romans, the name was applied to a trustworthy slaves who were charged with the duty of supervising the boys that belonged to the upper class. And the boys were not allowed to so much as to step outside the house without them before arriving at a certain age of manhood. This is the word that Paul uses to describe the law. The law was our nanny. Verse 24, so the law was our guardian, pedagogos, until Christ came, that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under the guardian, the nanny. We're no longer under the law because of Jesus. Paul is saying that you can keep the training wheels on or you can ride with Jesus. Or to put it another way, the law functioned as braces for our legs to help us walk. 
braces on each side to ensure that we would walk upright, maybe even run. Okay, there's this movie, Forrest Gump, where Forrest is running with the braces and it's awkward, but they do their job by making him run straight and then he breaks free from the braces so that he can really run. Run, Forrest, run. We were not meant to forever walk with braces on. We were meant to run. We were not meant to stay under the law. All of the rules and all of the rituals described in the Old Testament, they were never the point. That never made you righteous. It never brought life. It was meant to be our nanny to keep us until Christ. Let's not go back and put the chains of the law back on. There's freedom in Christ. There's a difference between keeping us alive and giving life. The law kept Israel alive, but Jesus gives life. So do we just throw the law out altogether? No. We learn the law, the 613 commandments, so that we can follow Jesus better. Galatians 5, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. And where does that commandment originate? Well, in the law. Right smack dab in the middle of the law is the heart of God for love, not rules. Because with Jesus, it's love that rules, not rules. Now, contrary to popular belief, the Bible is less concerned about do's and don'ts. It's not trying to add another law to us, not to give us something else to obey, but rather the New Testament explicitly is saying, let me change the way you think. Make your own decisions out of that as long as you love, as long as you are thinking Jesusly. Uh, the great New Testament scholar N.T. Wright says, Instead of just laying down a simple take-it-or-leave-it rule, Paul wants Christians to think things through for themselves. If you give someone a rule, you may keep someone on track for a day or two, but if you teach them to think Christianly, you'll help them go on making the right decision on their own. Let's get this even more practical. You can ask me the question, John, do you hit your wife? Do you hit Sarah? Do you beat her up? Now, I'm sure you know the answer to that. I hope you know, you don't have to think too long. The answer, of course, is no. But this would be interesting if I would tell you the reason why. Why don't I hit her? Well, because I've done my homework, and I know that in California, it would be considered spousal abuse and assault. It would be a criminal offense. She could press charges, and I could be arrested. And if I were to be arrested, then I would have to go to jail. And frankly, I hear that the food in jail stinks. And so I worked my way back from that. And I'm smart enough to say, you know, better not hit my wife. So you've got the right behavior out of me. But am I involved in a loving decision? No. No, there's no love there. There's self-preservation according to the letter of the law. But that's the way of law. The way of Christ is not law. It's rather as 
asking the question, what kind of dynamic should I have in my relationship with others? What's the loving way? And if I get that right, the behavior will flow out naturally. It's all about love. Romans reiterates this. Whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. Romans 10, Christ is the culmination of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Romans 6, 14, for sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law, but under grace. Marriage is not about the letter of the law. Let's just say I'm having a meeting with Eric, our worship pastor. And Eric and I are talking about fantasy football and fatherhood and everything. And I look at my watch and say, where's the time gone? And I realize I'm 30 minutes late. So I reach my phone, I call Sarah, and I tell her that I'm gonna be about 30 minutes late for dinner. Love you, bye. Now, Sarah and I have been married for a long time, okay? 17 years. Uh, when, when we got married, we didn't have to put a stipulation in our marriage contract that if one of us was going to be 30 minutes late or more for dinner, that the other needs to call and give us a heads up. Okay, no, that wasn't in the contract. That's ridiculous. That's not a rule. Why? Because I love my wife. Calling her and letting her know was the other-centered way to, thing to do. It was the loving choice. Now, a business transaction, a business contract, it's different. The letter of the law and the fine print matters greatly, right? A business contract, you need the fine print. In marriage, Fine print will kill the relationship. When we focus on the law, we can become a religious jerk. All of these rules, all of these walls that we put up to seal us off from people we're called to love. Religious jerks, I know them. So you're obeying all of the rules, but nobody wants to be around you except people who think and believe exactly like you. You're missing it. It's not about the law. When there is love, there is no need for law, for love is the fulfillment of the law. Romans 13.10. Love rules, not rules. In all of your decisions as parents, as grandparents, as husbands and wives, as employees, whatever is the other-centered loving choice, will be the right choice. And we don't need a list of do's and don'ts and musts and mustn'ts to know that. We have God's spirit. The rules may have kept us in line when we were young, but now let's let love lead. Let's begin running with our braces off. Now, this sermon series has been fun and we've mentioned quite a few boy bands. But I just discovered a new boy band, and honestly, they might be my favorite boy band of all time, okay? You've heard of One Direction, but have you heard of One Way? Yeah, this is our very own Paul Haugen and Micah Foster, uh, and a boy band from maybe 20 years ago, okay? Micah Sideburns Foster and Paul Tough Guy Haugen. Back in the early 2000s, they were a Christian boy band one way. Look at the tagline for this boy band. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me, John 14, 6. If a band uses Old English in their Bible verses, you know they're legit. And so just to give you a taste of how good one way was, 
Here's a clip. I'm gonna let the guys quickly introduce themselves, starting over here. My name is Michael Foster. I graduated from Clovis West this year. My name is Paul Haugen. I am a, going in my second year at Cal Poly Pomona down south. And I also graduated from Clovis West High School in 1999. See you Now, Paul and Micah are both incredible leaders in our church. They're also amazing dads and husbands. Okay, John, so what's your point of showing us the boy band one way? I don't have one. I just saw that picture and I had to tell you about it. It's so good. There is an ancient fable about a young Chinese boy who wanted to learn about Jade and he went to study with a famous, talented old teacher. The gentleman put a piece of jade in the youth's hands, told him to hold it tight. Then he began to talk about philosophy, men, women, the sun, and almost everything under it. And after one hour, he took the stone out of the boy's hands and sent him home. This very procedure was repeated for weeks. The boy became frustrated. When would he be taught about jade? He was just holding it. He was too polite, though, to interrupt the venerable and respected master. Then one day, the old man put a stone into the hands of the boy, and the boy cried out instantly, that's not Jade. We must hold Jesus and let him hold us. Staying close to Jesus keeps us from life-draining religious living. That is how we keep in sync with God's Spirit. The Spirit is always pointing us to Jesus. It's not about the rules. It's not about the laws. It's not about who's in and who's out. It has been and always will be about love. When God wanted to speak definitively to the human race, he did not dictate a book. Instead, he sent Jesus, and Jesus didn't write a book. He loved, he preached, he healed, he suffered, he died, and he rose from the grave. Let us read together out loud the theme verse of this series. If you're watching online, read it out loud with me. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. May it be so. God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you that love triumphs over law. And God, for those of us who are stuck in religious living, in law-based living, Spirit, point us to Jesus who breaks the law in the name of love. Help us to do the same. 
Jesus, lead us beyond religious living and move us into the other-centered, free-flowing spirit that you have called us to love everyone always. Whatever the other-centered thing is, that is what is right. Jesus, lead us in this. In your name, amen. We want to thank you so much for joining us online at Prodigal Church Fresno. Next week is Super Sunday. We've got a super fun service planned, and we're going to have a taco truck and a salsa competition, a football-themed service, and uh, it should be a, a great game next week between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. We hope to see you in person next week for our Sunday Funday, our Super Sunday event. It's going to be incredible. Grace and peace. <laughs>